0: welcome to the happy healthy strong podcast our goal is to educate and empower listeners on their journey to a happier healthier and stronger life with a focus on holistic and natural healing this podcast is meant for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice thank you for joining us now let's jump right in Welcome back to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. I'm here again with Dr. Alex, and I'm super excited for today's topic. We're going to be diving deeper into food and all things um, restorative diet. And so quick, before we jump into the episode, I just want to give you guys a heads up that next week on um, dis- or the Monday after Thanksgiving, we will not be posting an episode, but we'll be back on December 6th. So we hope that everyone has a great Thanksgiving, enjoy time with your family, and we will talk to you again on the 6th. Um, so now I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Alex to talk about what we're talking about today.
1: Yes. So, uh, really quick before we, because you just reminded me that next week is Thanksgiving. So, quick tip. Yeah. Let's just say before we jump into um, the topic today, which the topic today is food. So, this isn't Perfect. too far off track. When you're going into Thanksgiving, um, I always hear from people, what do I do when I go into Thanksgiving if I'm on a specific diet? And um, the first thing that I would say is don't be stressed out and just enjoy, like you said, <laughs> enjoy the time that you're going to have with family. Enjoy even the food that's there. Um, but if you are somebody who's in a spot that really can't get off track too far, uh, what you can do is make sure that you are filling your body with nutrients first before you do something that maybe you know you shouldn't, shouldn't be doing, right? So if there's the desserts or if there's some sort of processed food that you really enjoy, like we had a Thanksgiving dinner the other night with our, our missional community from church and there was um, green bean casserole which I love. That's so my good. favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> but there's typically a lot of stuff in green and casserole that I shouldn't be eating. Right. So if there's something like that, that you enjoy every Thanksgiving, just fill your body with nutrients, right? Get the meat in, get some vegetables in. If there's a salad there, get the salad in, kind of fill yourself up with food before you go in, and enjoy something like that. Because sure. what's that going to do? That's going to nourish your body, right? So you're giving the body what it needs and you're not going to eat as much of, of the other thing. So that's, that's an just awesome tip quick tip. Yeah. yeah. Wherever you're going, if there's multiple, that makes it even harder, totally. but multiple meals, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking that way. So what we're going to talk about today is what I call the restoring human diet. Um, this is the diet that I typically recommend for um, majority of my clients, and I'll get into when I don't, but if you remember kind of the the functional health approach, what I'm doing when I figure out what's going on with somebody, I'm not of course prescribing medications. I'm not even primarily saying, hey, here's the supplements that you need to take. I'm coming up with what's called a diet, nutrition and lifestyle plan. The lifestyle is that's the exercise and the stress management and avoiding toxicity and the sleep and stuff. And then the nutrition is the supplements. So most people do need some sort of supplemental help. So we're doing that. And then the diet is what foods are you eating? When are you eating them? How are you eating them? And that type of stuff. So I'm going to, again, what's called the Restoring Human Diet. And I was just going to read this kind of intro that I have. I usually give people this PDF so they can have something to reference. But it says there are a number of changes that one needs to make in order to take back control of, the, of their health. But few, if any, are more important than what it, than what is put in their mouth every day. Thankfully, because God designed the body to have amazing healing potential, if one can get back to eating the foods that our bodies were intended to eat, then a piece of our humanity can be restored. The problem is with how easy it is to access information on the internet, knowing what those foods are can be very difficult. This guide is to help you understand and then take advantage of what those foods are. Below you'll find a general list of foods that we believe were intended for our bodies to enjoy. After a general list, we'll lay out when to alter this diet in order to help the body restore from more extreme circumstances. So there's a lot in that intro, um, and maybe you already have a bunch of questions that you're thinking of from it, Um, but you even mentioned before we started talking about the breaks that we're taking is restorative, right? So the whole restoring human is, that's the concept of human beings used to be a lot healthier than we are now, right? So if we maybe want health like they had, then maybe we should get back to the way that they were doing things, right? We should restore what our, their diet looks like. And we should kind of model our diet after what their diet looks like. What did they do? They weren't on, well, maybe some people would say they're on like a paleo type diet, right? But they weren't, on, they didn't call it paleo, right? right? They weren't on the ketogenic diet. <laughs> you know, they, they weren't on um, Weight Watchers diet. They weren't on any of that stuff. They primarily ate food that was available to them. And it was always real food, right? Real food was the key. So that's kind of what I mean by the foods that were intended to be eaten by the human body were real foods foods that you can find in nature foods that you can hunt foods that you can gather foods that you can garden those type of things are the foods that you should be eating
0: yeah and then that whole concept of restorative and restoring makes me also think of how we've talked about before like how the the body wants to constantly get back to homeostasis so it's restorative and just within your own body as well restoring it back to like before it got all the damage and all the inflammation and right. everything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so that's, uh, that's the whole concept of give the body what it needs, stay away from what it doesn't. That doesn't work unless the body is naturally normally ready to heal, right? Ready to self-heal, self-regulate as long as you give it what it needs and, and not interfere with that process. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: And then also I know that the word diet can be kind of like a turn off for some people. So it, this is more of like a lifestyle plan. Like you're, you're kind of encouraging clients to just gradually switch their eating rather than do this super strict diet for 30 days and then, yeah. you know, that
1: kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, the diet um, that unfortunately comes with uh, people just have a misunderstanding of, of diet. They think that the if they're going to diet, then they're restricting um, something. It's that mindset yeah. shift. Yeah. yeah, and it's primarily in the context of losing weight, right? I have mm-hmm. to start eating less, so therefore I'm going to diet, right? But yeah. diet is just what's what's the foods that you're, that you're eating, you mm-hmm. know? You could have a very poor diet. You could have a, a healthy diet, a good diet. Right, yeah. right. Yep.
0: Um, so what kind of clients are you recommending this to? Is this kind of a blanket recommendation or yeah. about
1: that? Yep. so if somebody comes to me and they're just kind of have some general concerns about their health, right? Maybe it is weight loss. Maybe it is they have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, things like that. Um, maybe they have some gut issues, they have some digestive problems that, that they that they need to, to deal with. I'm typically going to something like this. I'm not going to something extreme because there's some pretty extreme diets out there that I use in more of a therapeutic way. Sure. Meaning somebody's in a very acute situation, they're in a very bad spot, they have you know f- they're in an autoimmune flare like we talked about in our last show. Maybe they are extremely insulin resistant and obese and they need to do something extensive with their diet. They're gonna do something extreme with their diet. I'm doing something different than this, but it's still, this is kind of the foundation of what I'm doing. It's still always real food Mm -hmm. that I'm going back to. And that's the food list. You know, that's next on here. Um, another thing that I teach is there's kind of two extremes in the whole diet world too, of I'm going to only eat plants, right? So that would be more of a vegan diet or they'll add some animal products in like a vegetarian diet or now a big craze is what's called the carnivore diet. And they, they believe plants are bad for you. So they're only going to eat animal products or primarily meat products or well, I believe you should have both of those things you can get you know make up a healthy diet with both animal foods and plant foods so there's a list of animal foods that I want them to eat there's a list of plant foods that I think they should eat and again the, the general concept is even though these are foods that are, that are on this list it doesn't mean that this is an exhaustive list i'm just trying to get across that you should be eating real food and you should be eating plants you should be eating animal products and sometimes i'll highlight hey i want you to eat this particular animal product more than you're eating other ones or i want you to cut that one out and then same with the the plant products so to answer your question anybody that comes to me they're at least starting with this particular diet the only time i don't use this as a kind of a foundation is if somebody's already doing something when they come to me like some people are coming to me and they're on The ketogenic diet or they're on again a a paleo type diet Mm whole 30 type diet which isn't too far i mean this basically is those things right right? you can use this restoring human diet and follow the principles of whole 30 follow the principles of ketogenic diet all of those things so yeah really everybody that comes to me i'm i'm putting on some form of this particular diet
0: yeah and then i think it's also important to talk about how in that introduction section you mentioned The internet has so many things to say about so many, there's so many opinions, and I feel like you can research anything to back up whatever you think Mm -hmm. you want to believe. So how, I guess, did you come to settling on this in your research? Like, how do you know that this is the right way?
1: Yeah. So when I first started um, in this kind of, um, in healthcare and the health space and learning about nutrition, I learned that... Um, Real food was the most important. Um, One of the first health books that I read was a book called Body by God, and it was a chiropractor that wrote it, and he was a Christian, and he was basically saying here's what he believes is the the diet that, that God would have wanted people to eat. Uh, definitely don't no agree with everything that he was saying, but it was basically real food was um, what he was recommending. And then the next diet book that I read was something called the Maker's Diet. So this was written by a guy named Jordan Rubin, who's pretty famous in the health world. If people follow that stuff, he started a company called Garden of Life, mm-hmm. um, supplement company. And then he recently sold that a few years ago, and now he works um, in a c- another company called Ancient Nutrition, and has a. A farm down in Missouri and just creates real food, fu- you know, makes real food farms and stuff, real food for people. Um, so two people that I trusted, you know, that, that did a lot more research than me on nutrition, and I just followed principles with them. And when I say followed, I meant personally. I, that was really what I did. That was the diet that I ate when I found out that I had ulcerative colitis, and just that's what kind of started my, my healing process. From there, you know, it was just reading more and more and trying to figure out what the diet was. Looking at the whole calories in versus calories out. Looking at high fat versus low fat, all of that stuff. And just kind of doing my own research on on all those things. Um, I, with all the arguments that are out there, right? We mentioned the vegan versus the carnivore. We mentioned the low fat versus high fat, keto versus paleo, all that stuff. Real food, I felt like, is the thing that was the in all of them, right? That was the kind of the, the thing that brought them all together. Um, all, everybody, nobody, unless they're crazy, says eat a highly processed food diet. So, right. again, that's the foundation of this particular um, restoring human diet is, is primarily, primarily real food. Yeah, yeah. makes yeah.
0: sense. So do you want to go through and just name off maybe read the list and actually yeah. tell so people Yeah, so I always start
1: um, the first thing on the list. And then what I tell people when I send them this is I say, hey, um, anything that's in black, so y- you guys can't see it. Um, the the document, but it's just, you know, like you would have any other document. It's black ink on white paper. So (laughs) anything in black is, is you can eat, right? You don't have to avoid it. If I put anything in red, red means stop don't eat those particular foods for a time period. And then blue, I want people to actually increase that in their diet. So if they're already eating you know, beef, maybe sometimes I want people to increase beef. If they're already eating fish, I want them to increase fish. If they're already eating broccoli and kale and all the cruciferous vegetables, then I want them to increase those type of things. So I'll put that, put that in blue. But then I always start with animal foods because... And th- this is where I would lean more towards what the carnivore people say versus the plant food people is there are a ton of nutrition, there's a ton of nutrition in, in good quality animal products. So you can eat beef, you can eat chicken, you know, you can even eat pork, which a long time ago I used to teach people not to eat pork. But, you know, if you can find it again, organically pastured raised, people taking care of their animals in a good way, then you can eat these sort of things. Eggs, I'm typically recommending bone broth to people, which is an animal product, um, because most of the people that are coming to me have some sort of digestive issue. Bone broth is really good for your digestive system. Um, fish, I'm recommending fish a lot for people. But I'm always saying, we get on here, um, I say organic, pasture-raised, or wild meats are the best, but if not feasible, shoot for them as much as possible. So I don't want people, when I tell people that animal products are okay, that they just go and get Big Macs and then they take off the bun or something like <laughs> that, right? That's not what I'm doing. Oh, no. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want them eating a bunch of even processed, um, poor quality meats, poor quality dairy products. I'm yeah. still you know, helping them to, to avoid that, that sort of thing. Can
0: you talk about why the good quality meat is so important, like how the raising of the animals actually impacts like the nutrition quality?
1: Yeah. So there's a number of things that go on there, but just to stay with the concept that we teach of give the body what it needs, stay away from what it doesn't, Going to be nutri- there's gonna be more nutrition in animals that are well, well raised. Um, so there's more vitamin content, there's more mineral content, there's gonna be a better ratio of fatty acids, so like omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acids. Um, there's not gonna be as much toxins in them, right? So this is the whole stay away from what your body doesn't need thing. Um, so this is a, I don't know if this statistic is still true, but this is what I used to teach. When you think of just pesticides, Um, herbicides all those things that they spray on um, plant products right so that's in small amounts not gonna be a problem but the more you eat those things it's gonna be a problem well a cow that's eating chemically sprayed grains compared to like a grass-fed you know pasture-raised cow they're getting eight pounds of chemically sprayed grains to get one pound of flesh so if you eat one pound of just uh, non-organic non non pasture-raised beef it's like eating eight pounds of chemically sprayed grain. Oh so my that's a gosh. lot of chemicals. Wow. Right. So you if you're gonna stay away from the body what it doesn't need, yeah. you, you wanna stay away from pesticides. So that's one thing that's, you know, bad about, you know, just um, conventional meat products. Totally. And then um, the fatty acid ratio thing is huge. So we've talked about omega three fatty acids and just a relation to inflammation. One of the things that creates inflammation is just when you have too much omega six versus omega three proper ratio is, is one to one, so either one omega six to one omega three, up to four to one, so four omega six to one omega three. Conventionally raised cows, they they've when they measure their fatty acid ratios can be up to twenty five, sometimes fifty to one. So you're just getting a ton of omega six fatty acids instead of the right ratio of omega yeah. six, omega three. So what's that doing is you're potentially nourishing your body, right, with vitamins and minerals and, and fat and protein you're also taking in a, l- a ton of omega-6 fatty acids, which is just inflaming, inflaming your body. And then that gets into the whole um, heart disease issue of things like omega-6s can be oxidized and create plaque in your arteries. And so, yeah, you want to you try to get as much organic pasture-raised animal mm-hmm. products as you, as you can get.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And then another thing in the animal food section that I see is organ meat.
1: Yeah. Can
0: you talk about that?
1: Yeah, that's not on too many people's foods list. No, is it? <laughs> no,
0: I don't think so.
1: <laughs> so that's back to nutrition. So organ meats, primarily liver, um, just have a ton of nutrition in them. Liver, um, kind of hands down, is the most nutritious food that's that's out there. When you look at the the amount of nutrients that are in a li- and then liver, just even a piece of liver, a few ounces of liver, compared to even something like kale or broccoli or Brussels sprouts or all the really nutrient-dense vegetables, doesn't even compare. Like the variety of nutrients that are in it, as well as the amount of nutrients that are in it. And the reason is, is comes. We talk about again, give the body what it needs, stay away from what it doesn't. A lot of people are like, well, isn't isn't the liver the main detox organ in your body? And it, so, so they think it's full of toxins. Exactly yeah. right, but. Yes, your liver is, that's where toxins get processed through, but in order for that to happen, it requires a lot of nutrients, right? So the vitamins and minerals and and all those what they call cofactors that allow that detox to happen, that's what's stored in the liver. The toxins aren't stored. The toxins are processed through the liver. So you're not getting a ton of toxins when you're eating liver. You're getting a, a bunch of nutrients when you're eating liver.
0: That makes sense. Okay. But
1: it's also disgusting not very good (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we um my partner at the gym jerek he he eats enough of it now where he can it's still not tasty for him but he can do it without a problem um but we've tried to figure out so many different things the best way i can do it is a pate that's what i've done too mixing it with some other things Some ground meat yeah Yeah. getting some like almond flour crackers or something to dip it in you know (laughs) so yeah but liver yeah so liver's huge heart heart actually is um tastes good it tastes pretty much like like steak um it's something to back to 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 reference jerek um he's again just playing with this stuff all the time he he's even weirder than me he'll eat brain he'll eat eyeballs oh my gosh yeah exactly (laughs) um i'll try that stuff but he'll actually it's part of his diet wow um you if you take heart so he's been doing with deer hearts because people don't, won't eat them when they hunt and they give them to him. Sure. Um, he'll freeze it, and then he'll just let it thaw a little bit so it's still pretty frozen. Um, and then you just put a little sea salt on it, and it tastes like um, sashimi, like raw fish that you sure. eat at um, sushi restaurants. It's wow. actually, it tastes really good. Interesting. Yeah, yep. Wow. So heart, liver, um, uh, thymus gland you can eat, spleen you can eat, um tongue. It's it's, so it's a muscle, but it's kind of still falls under that liver or organ meat category. Mm
0: -hmm. And on here you have a note that's like this is one of the most important things to get organic grass fed.
1: (sighs) Yeah, 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 and that's just because it's already weird for people. Um, Again, can be can be um, toxins in it. Um, It's but it's so nutrient dense. You don't want to if you're gonna eat liver. You might as well eat you the might good get, liver, you yeah. Might as well get the best you <laughs> right. can <could> possibly get,
0: <laughs> right? Because you're clearly doing it for your health at that point, yeah. Yep. All right. And
1: fish is on here. Fish is uh, super nutrient dense too, specifically for uh, fatty acids. So that's where you can get a lot of those omega threes. So most of our diet, again, is high in omega six. You can kind of balance that out with with eating um, fish. But again, back to the toxin thing. Fish, especially if they're ocean fish, um, those are the ocean's toxic, you know, so this is the whole mercury content and tuna, you know, that that type of stuff where they, (laughs) they recommend, um, women don't, don't eat tuna because of the high mercury content when there's a ton of other stuff that they recommend women do. That's way more toxic than than the mercury in their tuna, but another topic for another day. (laughs) Um, but fish is great. So if you can get fish and it, unfortunately just with the way Americans eat, that's not, I mean, unless it's like a fish fillet from um, fish sticks <laughs> yeah McDonald's or fish sticks <laughs> you know so but fish is is, is good eggs um, super super nutrient dense um, especially if you don't have any issues you know a lot of people unfortunately have issues with eggs um, this is also uh, one of the the first things that if you are kind of weaning a child off of breast milk um, and starting to have the meat solid food egg yolks are super nutrient dense. Um, the egg whites have the protein in them that can cause a problem. Egg yolks don't have as much of that in there. So like soft boiled egg yolks, giving it to a a baby. That's how we started most of our children off with. So eggs, super nutrient dense. Can you,
0: um, just real quick. I, I was talking to one of our listeners this past week and she was, um, we were talking about eggs and she was concerned about the cholesterol in eggs. Can you just take a minute and explain that one? Yeah. (laughs)
1: Well, we, so for your listener, um, we will definitely be doing more than likely a whole series on cholesterol okay. because when I think about the lies that are told about food and just overall health, cholesterol is one of the biggest, biggest things that are there. Mm-hmm. So most people think because they're taught that the cholesterol in your body is directly related to your diet and it's not actually true. So your diet or your cholesterol is made by your liver and We've been talking and hopefully trying to beat into people's heads that the body's intelligent. The body always does the right thing at the right time. So if you kind of thinking through that lens, why a person's cholesterol would be at whatever level it is, is because the body needs it to be at that particular level. So it's not a direct, I eat something high in cholesterol, my cholesterol goes up. It's whatever environment your body is in at that particular time, food can be a part of that. Whether or not you're exercising can be a part of that. How much stress you're under can be a part of that. Your hormonal health can be a part of that. Your insulin resistance versus insulin sensitivity can be a part of that. There's so there's a it's just a complex issue to go as into why your cholesterol would be at a certain level or not. It's not directly related to the diet that you're eating. Long explanation to say eggs don't raise your cholesterol. Yes. <laughs> don't worry and they, about. And they've that. even done plenty of studies where people people will have their regular diet and then they'll eat a a few eggs on top of every meal just to specifically study does it raise your cholesterol so they'll have people eat the same meals one group will eat the meals the other group will eat the meals plus eggs and neither one of them's cholesterol goes up so got it
0: okay awesome uh, (laughs) thank you um and then real quick i know we could probably talk about this for like a few hours but can you touch on dairy because that can be kind of a controversial Yep. Or just like it can be okay for some people and not good for other people.
1: Yeah. So there's a, a number of different things that can make people not be able to eat dairy. So one of them is lactose intolerance. So the sugar that's found in, in milk, um, some people are intolerant to it. So they can't eat dairy regardless of what kind of um, dairy it is. They've now been able to take lactose out of dairy products and people can have those. um but the, the main reason people can't eat dairy is because of the protein. So there's a protein in it called casein, and that's the stuff that can get back to the other episodes where we talked about inflammation and autoimmunity. That's the stuff that can trigger that. So your body recognizes the casein protein as foreign and then mounts an immune reaction to it, and then now you have a dairy sensitivity or dairy intolerance. One of the ways of getting around that is there's different types of casein, and you can – so, again, I try to avoid getting – too deep into this type of stuff, but there's what's called beta 1 casein or beta A1 casein and beta A2 casein. The A2 casein isn't a problem for people. And that was for thousands of years, the type of casein that was found in cows. But then when they start breeding cows differently, all the cows typically that we have here in the United States are A1 casein. And that's what causes the problem with people. So you can just find A2 casein products and shouldn't be a problem.
0: Are things labeled that way?
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, okay. Can, so there's not a lot of it. Like you yeah. have to. F- it'll. Like it'll, a health food store. It'll health food mm-hmm. store. It'll say A2 casein. Like that's the first thing that you'll see on okay. the product. Um, the other thing is dairy has just been ultra processed, right? So starting, and this isn't necessarily part of the process, but how the food is altered. Um, back to what we talked about with meat, the cows are are fed stuff they shouldn't be fed, right? So that's going to end up in the milk that you're that you're eating. They're also more than likely injected with hormones, so to make them fat, you know, because the fatter they are, the more milk they're going to produce, and the more, um, so the taste, what we think is the tastier the meat is if they're, they have more fat on them. Um, and then they're vaccinated, also, which is going to com- come with chemicals, and because of the way that they're, they eat, and how they don't move, if they're, again, if they're not pasture-raised, they're going to get really sick, bacteria are going to build up in them, so then they're, f- You chock full of antibiotics Mm. to keep them at bay there. Plus, we know antibiotics throw off your gut bacteria in a a bad microbiome makes you fat. So that fattens up the cows. So the antibiotics have a dual purpose of keeping the bad bacteria down, but also fattening up the cows. So vaccinations, hormones, antibiotics all in the cows, and then you're drinking that milk that comes from that. That's one big issue. Second issue is um, when the cow, when you get the milk from the cow— They think that that's full of a bunch of bad bacteria and they don't want to make people sick. So then they've come up with this pasteurization process, which means heating up the milk a ton to get rid of the bacterial content. And that's good, you know, getting rid of some of the potential bad bacteria. But what you're also doing in there is, again, getting rid of good bacteria that could have came from that. And then when you heat, uh, uh, anything up it it what they call denatures the protein so it, it changes the molecular structure of the protein which can also be a problem and then that can lead to things like inflammation and autoimmunity down the road so those are a, a couple problems um there and then this the other thing that happens with milk is if you've ever seen milk that comes from a cow it's separated right um, they homogenize it meaning they mix it up so that the protein structure is all around the same size and that also kind of ma- messes things up so i have on here um, again organic pasture raised dairy is best raw is best so none of that pasteurization or homogenation but if not available then at least non-homogenized vat pasteurized is necessary and and especially around here where we live in the quad cities there's a brand called Kelowna brand which is from colonna iowa mm-hmm. um, which is about an hour or so away um, High V, the bro- main grocery store around here has it. Um, a Natural Grocers, Fresh Time, I believe, even has it. So Kelowna brand, K A L O N A, that's non-homogenized, vat pasteurized. Okay. Um, so those are products that most people could have. So I would say everybody, if you're going to do dairy, should be doing that. Right. But people that have sensitivities, they still might not be able to do th- that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, butter. And full is, fat, you say? Oh yeah. So yeah. that's the last one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a Emily, my wife. She kind of grew up drinking um, skim milk or one percent milk. Or yeah. I can't remember actually, um, it, but in just even other people in my life have always drank skim milk. So mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't a huge milk drinker. But if I did, I would just drink whatever people had. But it's crazy to when you are used to drinking two percent milk and then you drink skim milk, you're like, this is like it's water. Like water yeah. <laughs> but if you're drink, used to drinking skim milk and then you would try to go whole milk. It's like There's cream, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way, but so the fat, again, fat is good, right? That the reason they go to skim milk is because of that even back to that cholesterol question is, oh, if I eat fat, that makes me fat. If I mm-hmm. eat fat, that raises my cholesterol, it causes heart disease. Not true. Again, but when you pull out fat, you're processing the food, so you're moving it further and further away from the way that it was designed to be to be eaten, right? Mm-hmm. But then when you pull that out, now what happens is most food is in what they call have has nutrient synergy, meaning the amount of carbohydrates that are in that food are in basically the way it was supposed to be eating. The amount of fat in that food was the way it was supposed to be eating. When you pull that fat out, now it's going to be absorbed differently. Meaning back to the whole insulin resistance thing. When I pull fat away from milk, now I'm going to, I'm going to absorb those carbohydrates or the sugar in that a lot faster than I would if it was together with the fat that was supposed to be in there Mm -hmm. which means that's going to throw off my blood sugar and raise insulin levels and that sort of thing so that's a lot about dairy we probably should do a whole
0: I was going (laughs) to say we should probably do a part two to this oh yeah we could get to we could get to plant foods next time yeah let's do that
1: but yeah just overall animal food is good it's nutritious for your body but you also want to avoid things that you shouldn't be eating so the toxins and the processing you want to try to minimize mm-hmm. Yep.
0: awesome yep. well thank you so much that was super helpful hopefully especially going into thanksgiving um maybe you guys can have a, a dinnertime conversation with your family about everything you're learning on this podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but no be sure to share this with your friends your family um join our facebook community and follow us on instagram and we look forward to talking to you on december 6th see you next time